News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Devendick, and my daughter, Jill Van Devendick, is in the studio with me here today. If you'd like to join us today and talk about all things garden and or your host plants and indoor and outdoor, I guess, uh, give us a call at one 332 8255 Now, normally that same number will do a text as well, but for some reason the computer's not cooperating today and uh, can't upload the site to to, uh, to be able to answer those questions. So so you know what? You're just going to have to give us a call. We'd love to hear you. Just uh one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So, hopefully, uh, all of you changed your clocks today because you know the time changed today. But no, you didn't really need to do that. But my phone, because I was traveling, seems to think that uh, the time changed today. And so I was up and out of almost out of the house at early this morning, an hour earlier than I needed to be because my <laughs> alarms were all going off. And I say, okay, I got to go to, I got to go to the show. And so, uh, and all of a sudden I walk by my, uh, my, uh, my stove in the kitchen and go, how come it's only that time for, and look at my clock, my phone and says, nope, nope, it's that time. And so I Google what time it is. Oh no. My, my, my watch and it, and my club, my phone. But it said, it's set for Regina time. So I don't know why it's doing that. It's, uh, it has a mind of its own. So anyways, I got to fix that. Don't know why it's doing that. So Jill, what's happening on? Oh, you know what, Jill? We'll talk about what's happening in the greenhouse in a few minutes because we have a caller on. We have Donna from Asquith. So early bird gets the worm. So we're going to go right here to Asquith. Good morning, Donna. And how are you today? Very good today. We're great. Great. Uh, My question is about Saskatoon berries. Yes. I live on a small acreage uh, near Asquith and uh, in a trailer. South of my trailer, there is hot, dry clay soil. And north of me, I have some stands of carragana and maples. It's almost like actually a bower. And the soil there is thick with compost from the fallen leaves and twigs. And I'd like to know if I were to get uh, Saskatoon berries, where I should plant them, uh, on the south side in the hot, dry clay soil or by the compost there, and should I for- fertilize them, um, what should I do, and when should I plant them, and so forth. Well, the more sun you have, the better the berries will be, okay? Okay. And Saskatoon still needs some moisture, so the drier is fine as long as you can get some irrigation to it. If you can't get irrigation to it, then more, the more the compost should be better. But as if you can, if you can give them as much sun as they can. Now, is that other area really shady? Yes, it's a more shady. It's north of the garden. Yeah. So if it's if it's that shady, you won't get as 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 good as a, a crop in that area. Okay. Okay. So if you can do what you can do is put them more in the sun. But then, if you could take some of that compost and then mend the soil around where you want to plant them and even top dress. Right? All right, and how deep and how wide should I make the hole that, that I've got compost in? Yeah, so if you want to make your hole, just make sure that you, if you've got your pot, let's say, okay, get yes. the plants established, make the make the, the hole, probably in that, if you've got that, basically a clay area, make it about three or four times wider than the pot. Okay. okay? And then also mulch on top of the soil, okay? Right. So you have the roots who can can also grow into that into that compost or mulch on 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 the top, and it also keep the weeds down. All right. Okay. And when should I plant them, and should I fertilize them, or? Yeah, you can you can plant them first thing in the spring. 
right? Okay, well, anytime. Basically, most the plant, most Saskatoons are in pots, so you can plant them anytime through the season. Okay, so that's not really a big deal. In, in while well, the ground is, the ground is has frost out of the okay. of the ground, but the sooner you put them in, the the more chance the plants get rooted before next winter, right? Right. And, so, and should I do do a couple of them or just one? Or yeah, you need to have at least two. Okay, and you best have two different varieties. Oh. Okay. okay to, for cross pollinization. Okay, so. Uh, so depending how much room you have, because you want to plant them, you want to put them, I don't probably about eight feet apart type of thing, because they're going to grow right together, basically. Right. Okay. So if you got room, but you need at least two different varieties, that's the best way to do it. And the varieties I would suggest if you want is there's a couple of them. One's called Martin. Martin, Martin. I like it's probably, it was, it was, it was found by Dieter Martin out of Langham, Saskatchewan. Oh. And, and, uh, and the, these berries are probably one of the bigger berries that you can see. The other one is Tyson, which is another one that's been found in Saskatchewan, okay? Right. Um, so that's a good one there as well. And another one that's a little bit shorter is called Smoky. Okay. Okay, so any one of those three, and, uh, but put a combination of, of the two, of, of two different varieties at least, and then that way you'll make sure you get lots of berries. Great, and your store sells, uh, sells all these different varieties, does yep, it? absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much, Great. and you have yourself a wonderful day. Great. Have a good day. Bye. Okay, Jill, we have here, we're going to go right here to uh, Sue at Eagle Lake. Good morning, Sue. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Okay. Um, Concord grapeseed. Yes. I did get some in the fall time. I checked the ones that were viable. Yep. I put them in the freezer. They've been in the freezer for about three months. Yep. I took them out about a week ago and put them in the fridge. Yep. So now I need to, I, I have one of these little heated greenhouse kits. You know, it's got the mat. Yep. And, Perfect. Okay. So I presume that I would put them in there. Uh, I have potting soil that's good for germinating seeds. Perfect. Okay. So how many how many seeds would I put in a pot? How big a pot would I put them in? And would I put, usually with my plants, I put gravel or rocks or something at the bottom for drainage? Yeah, what you can do, do you have a, just a seed tray that you would normally do your vegetables and flowers in? I do, like this little container that's got about eight little... Cells in them, right? Yeah. So plant them in that. Just use your regular seed, seed starting mix, okay, that you have. Yep. And get them started in that first, and then once they've once they've established themselves with a root in that in that cell you have, then you can transplant them into a bigger pot. So one seed per cell. Once, uh, you know what? I if you have lots of seeds, I'd put two seeds per cell because some of them are not going to germinate. Okay. Right. So okay. And then you can always thin them out if you want. It doesn't matter. You can let them grow together. It's not a big deal. Because okay. you know, grapes will be fine if there's two seeds germinating the same. Just leave them like that. Don't even pull them apart. Okay, and so when they're in this little heated greenhouse thing, yep. do they need any light at all yep. until they germinate? Once they germinate, put the light on. Just okay. need the bottom heat for now. It's the soil temperature that will get them to germinate, yep. but once you start seeing the leaves, that's when they need the light. Yep. Do you, does it usually take long for these seeds to germinate? Uh, anywhere from probably about... about I would say for those, I'm trying to remember on, on the seeds, it's going to take probably about three weeks okay. to germinate. They may go a little quicker because you've got the bottom heat, right? I do. But, uh, but that, it'll, it'll take about, about three weeks. And the soil that they're in should be more on the moist side, more on the drier side? Just, not too, too, just, just a little bit of moisture, not too wet, otherwise you're going to rot the seeds. 
Yes, and be careful to let a little bit of air in that greenhouse every now and then just to prevent mold. Yeah, right? and especially once they germinate, then take yeah. take your tops off. Will do. Thank okay. you so much. You're it's welcome. Really helpful. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Well, that ends uh, this segment here, so give us a call still because our text line is still down. I'll check it during the break here and see if it's up, and I'll let you know about one eight seven seven. 3328255, just like the last two callers. We'd love to answer your calls right online. So we're going to go to a break right now. I'm Rick Van Damnick. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. Uh, well, I'd like you to give me a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and uh, our text lines are still down right now. I've been trying here all during the break and can't get them up and running. So give us a call. At one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So, Jill, tell me what's been going on in the greenhouse this week. Well, this really is a great time of year. It's a time of year when we're thinking about spring, and we are also planting our seeds. Um, we are also tending to our tropicals still indoors and thinking about those a lot. But what's happening in the greenhouse right now, we've spent the last two days and we've been planting up all the beautiful hanging baskets. So all the beautiful creations that we've sort of thought up last summer and sort of adjusted the little recipes for our our annuals. We've put them into hanging baskets and we've started growing them. So we've planted about 1,200 baskets in the last two days. Our crews have been going so busy and I love especially when we have some new staff on the potting line and they're just so excited about smelling the soil and getting their hands dirty and just seeing the progress that happens. Now one of the little tips that I have for our listeners today when you're planting your annuals and containers um, is making sure that you're pruning or trimming those little plant babies as you're putting them into the container. So this can be something that you're doing even now or even later when you that, have like that's a, if they're longer a, a two inch. Yep. Um, so once they sort of have like four or five sets of leaves, I'll always trim the top off of all those little hybrid plants and that will allow for more bushing and branching so that that plant's gonna be, able to be a sturdier plant. And the, whenever you trim a plant, um, those nodes are so close together on a lot of your annuals, it doesn't really matter where you trim them, but it's going to make it so that that plant is bush, you're going to fill out better, and your basket's going to look a lot fuller. Okay, just so the, the, the callers are, are getting this right, so how tall do they need to be, and how many how many sets of leaves? Well, when you have your plant, when you buy your plant, um, there's usually a tag in it. Yes. And so when I trim my plant, I usually say, if the plant has, has grown above that tag, it's time to trim it. Okay. So um, I will say this even to my staff, um, I want you to trim it back to tag height. Um, so the plant should not be more than about two inches tall when I'm planting it into my hanging basket um, at this stage in time or even later on in the season. If it is a little bit larger than that, you can trim it back and just take about maybe a third off that plant. Don't cut it right back to the the base unless there's something wrong with the plant. Now, but, is this flowers or you do that with your vegetables as well? Um, I would just do this with my flowers okay. right now. Good. Yeah, flowers. So just just about. making sure everybody's, everybody's getting <laughs> yes. on the same page. So. so when we're container gardening with our our um, our flowers is what we're talking about yeah. right now, okay. especially those hybrid varieties that are grown for vigor like your petunias and calibrachoa and bacopa. Um, even some of our uh, nemesias and uh, your anagallis and 
your Shasta daisies, all of those ones you can just give a little pinch to. Um, osteospernum, um, African daisies, those are one that's really important to do it to. Otherwise, when you when they grow up, you'll have one flower stalk and it will have a bunch of flowers on the top of it. Um, but if you pinch it, you'll actually have a branch of flowers and then a bush of flowers on the top of it. So it's really important to do that bushing, um, that pin- pinching really early on. Um, the next important thing is making sure that you're fertilizing. So turning your fertilizer on and remember that 10, 52, 10 fertilizer that lots of people are like, we need to use this as a plant starter. That is only a one application or else you're going to have too much phosphorus and cause a lot of stretching. So only one application to get those roots going and then move to a 20, 20, 20 or a 15, 30, 15 all purpose fertilizer is the best thing. Actually, even those are, I find are a little bit too yeah. high. So the second number is too high. So just go to an organic fertilizer. Yep. And We've been switching a lot to that. We actually yeah. use organic fertilizers now in our greenhouses. Yeah. I find that uh, even the 2020 20 just that 20 is just a too high of a, the second the second 20 is just too high of a phosphorus so you can make your your little seedling stretch out too much so that's just, great for later in the season when you're watering it a yeah. lot oh, and you're getting it once, going once they're out in the pot absolutely and mm-hmm. outside the yeah, then switch out to that so so anyways what do we don't forget to give us a call at one 332 825 we'd love to hear you the text line is still down i'll try it again here just in a few minutes and see if i can get it up and running again but uh, yeah, just give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So also outside right now, people have been calling me up, and and now you're going to see that we're going to see a lot more calls this next week. I, I know we are because the temperatures going up. We finished Yay. now. Hopefully, we finished with that last couple of oh, three days ago, that last cold night, and now we're talking about some plus temperatures, and especially down the south where it's getting very warm. Um, so they're, you're talking about temperatures five, six, seven degrees. So you're going to see a lot of browning of evergreens. We're going to start hearing people calling about that. So one thing you want to do then, if you, if you start noticing that, and even before, if you know you've had problems in the past, is that best thing to do is get some burlap. And you can get a burlap at your garden store or, or your, your lumber yard or whatever, but it's made for plants and because it's not a tight woven burlap. And you can wrap the plants either right onto the plants themselves and make sure you leave it. You're going to be leaving at least six inches off the ground, which is not hard right now because you still have snow most times. So that if there's more snow, that it, it basically covers up the roots. And uh, and same thing if you're out in the farm or acreages and you got your little spruce tree sticking up and you're going to start noticing a little bit of browning on those. The best thing to do with those, if you can is because how do you cover up all those plants? Either you put a little bit of snow over top of them very carefully. Don't, take your bucket and dump a bunch of snow on top of it. Especially when the snow is so heavy. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll break the plants. But you can also, um, you can also use some ash or some, if you can get some, another place where you have some dirt or something like that, you can sprinkle that on top of the snow and then blackens the snow. You don't get the reflection. And so any ways of making the snow so it's not so, um, so bright and with the sun reflecting and then basically desiccating all those needles because it's just drying them out because the roots are frozen, can't get more moisture. So that's what you can do there. Um, so other things you can do here is um, is is even pruning. Uh, when you're pruning, just making sure that, uh, we'll t- I guess we'll talk about that in the next segment, Jill, about what trees you can prune and what cannot prune. But maybe we'll talk to real quick, we've got Barry, we just got a, a really short time here, Barry, but we'll get you him before the break here. Uh, you're, hello, good morning, Barry. Good morning, how are you today? Very good. Good. I just have a question, uh, Rick and Jill. I'm moving. Uh, I've got some Ketone asters yep. um, that are that were planted last year, 
and I've got to move them temporarily uh, for about six weeks at the end of spring or the end of April, pardon me, uh, to make way for some construction. And then I'm going to put them back, and I'm wanting to know what should I do uh, when I dig them out, and how do I, how can I store them safely, you know, so they they survive. How big are they right now? Uh, they'd be about uh, a foot high, maybe, or a little more, like, more like uh, two feet, I guess. Okay. Say two feet high. So what you want to do is you want to get a pot, okay? Yeah. How many you got? Quite a few or just a few? Or? Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to move about eight. Okay, that's not too many. So what I would suggest you do is get a pot. Uh, probably, if they're about a foot high, it needs to be at least what we call in the industry a two-gallon pot. But if you can get a three- or five-gallon pot, that'd be even better, you know, so that you can dig some roots up and stick it in there. And then just keep them in a, in more of a shadier spot and keep them watered, okay? You can yeah. use some of the straight dirt that you have in, in the ground, and you can pot them just in that dirt. And uh, okay. like I said, just, uh, just keep them in a shadier spot. And if you want, you can trim them. If they're about a foot to two feet high, take about, trim them about six inches off the top when you transplant them into the pot. Okay. okay. That'll just give a little less top for, to, to, for the shock. Try to get as much root as you can, even if you have to fold the roots into the pot. Okay. And then you can yep. just store them in the pot in a shadier location, keep them moist, and you'll be fine. You go ready to go. Now, is he doing That's one right. per pot or all of them no, in one no, pot? No, one per pot. Okay. I've got lots of pots. That's no problem. Okay. Good. Thanks for the, the tip. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great yeah, day. Have a good day. Yeah, bye. Okay, that, that takes us right to the break, so that worked out real well. Just make sure you give us a call at one 888 because the text line is still down. I'll check it during the break here, but otherwise give us a call. I'm Rick Van Dominick. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980-CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Dominick, and my daughter Jill Van Dominick is in studio today. And uh, we're getting lots of phone calls, so we're going to go right to the phone calls, Jill, right off the bat, because uh, our text line is down, so just give us a call. We'd love to hear your voice and ask us some questions at one 332 That's one 332 And just like Sandy did, we're going to go right to the call here. Sandy from Saskatoon. Good morning, Sandy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you. Very good. Um, I have a mandevilla that I got last summer, and I brought it in because it was so beautiful. And it's wintered okay. It's got viney everywhere. Do I need to cut it back or repot it, or what, do, what should I do with it? Well, you may want to look at the root system a little bit and decide if you want to repot it. Signs of being repotted, you'll start seeing roots on the top of the soil, or you'll, if you pull it out of that pot slightly, you'll, the roots will be hitting the edge of the pot and wrapping around. So that's a sign that it needs to be repotted. Um, with the mandevillas, you can definitely um, trim them back. I would suggest cutting them back even a half. They love to be trimmed back. They love to be trimmed back, and you're actually going to get a bushier plant um, and a lot more blooms on it if you do that. How tall are they right now? Um, well, the... The vines are everywhere. I, they're very, very long. Um, okay. It's pretty tall, about two feet, three okay. feet. If you want to, you can even take cuttings from those vines too. So when you trim it back, take some cuttings off of them, stick them in some water, and uh, watch them root as well too. Oh, wow. Great. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. But, but yeah, cut it back almost, almost all those little branches, cut them back in half. Okay. Okay. I will do that. So for those that don't know, Mandevilla is a tropical plant and it has beautiful flowers on it and loves the hot sun area. And so we can put it outside during the summer season, but it's important to bring it in during the winter. And Big, big trumpet flowers. Big trumpet flowers on them. And it's absolutely gorgeous plant. Thank you for your call, Sandy. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the info. Bye-bye. And like Sandy, we have Dorothy from Borden. Good morning, Dorothy. How are you today? Oh, real good. Thank you. Very good. Your question. Yes, I have uh, Saskatoon's, and last year I texted you, and I have, uh, I don't know if it's a virus or what it was, but it, on my Saskatoon's, and you told me to spray them with Bordeaux. Correct. And so now i got to remember, when do I spray them here in the spring? Okay, you want to start spraying them after they finish blooming. Okay. After, okay. Like, I sprayed them last fall, yep. and I picked up all their leaves, if, you know, as much as I could. Yep, perfect. And uh, then, uh, but spray them after they bloom. Yep, you can do it before they bloom, but I, they bloom because you don't want to damage the blooms, okay, when you put the spray on. So I, I always say wait till the finish is blooming, mm-hmm. and spray them three times, about 10 to 14 days apart. Okay, three times 10, okay. 14 days apart. Yeah, because they, they produce very well, but they just had whatever they had, they yep. had like a little... Almost like little, little spikes, little spikes on the leaves and on the on the fruit themselves, right? Yeah, and one tree was much worse than the other, yeah. and I just want to save them if I can. Yeah, no, you cleaned up the leaves. That's a big one, and yeah. uh, and then after they finish blooming, three times, ten to fourteen days apart. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, and enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Okay, bye bye. And there you go, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Give us a call. The text lines are down today, so just give us a call. Just like here, Gail in Regina. Good morning, Gail. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's a nice sunny morning. <laughs> yes, it is. It looks like it's going to be that way for maybe hopefully the rest of the week. Well, the snow is melting. That's a good thing. <laughs> and quickly, I couldn't believe it. Yes. Yes. And anyhow, I have an empty patch behind my garage. It's about 20 by 12. Okay. And it's not being used for anything. And I would kind of like to see if uh, it's, a, it's possible to plant some fruit bushes back there. Yep. Now, which, which, way, is it, you see, you, which way is it facing? It gets the sun in the morning. So okay. it's, it's just... Um, facing a little bit northeast so it's in the shade all afternoon all afternoon but at least it gets the whole morning sun though right yeah it does okay so from when the sun comes up in the morning up until maybe 11 12 o'clock in the afternoon yes okay that that's okay then because if it was only if it was only from you know six o'clock to eight o'clock it's not quite enough but it goes right till noon you'll be fine Mm -hmm. so there you can put in things like uh the the has caps okay you can put it, which another name for it is honeyberries. They produce in June, okay? Uh, or you can, in that kind of area, how big of an area is it? It's about 12, 20 feet wide. Yep. It's right behind my garage. I have a bigger garage. So. Yeah, and how, uh, how 20 feet wide by? About, oh, well, I could make it as big as I Okay, want. so you have lots of room. That's yeah. what, that was trying. It's just yeah. not a narrow. It's not a narrow strip or something like that. It's a bigger area. No, oh, it is a bigger okay. area. Yeah. Okay, so then you could put in if you want. You could put in some Saskatoons. You could put in uh, gooseberries, currants, just about anything you wanted to there. Um, uh, so yeah, you could put in. I, I'm kind of looking for fruit that we can just kind of eat off of it. Yep. Would it be enough for raspberries? Yeah, you could put raspberries in there as well. Um, you could like Saskatoons. Uh, uh, has caps, uh, currants, gooseberries. You can, there's, there's whatever you decide. You just need to make sure you figure out how big those plants will grow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then map it out. So you give them room to, to grow that they're not all just crammed in there. And then with that type of light, they're going to be shading each other. So, right. So, right. Maybe you don't best maybe just to plant two types. Yeah. You can put two types in there. Just remember that if one grows taller, 
put them up closer to the building and then the shorter ones closer to where the sun can get at them, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so they got front and back type of thing. So if so you want our honeyberry is honeyberry, uh, you could put a you could put a sour cherry in there if you want. It grows a little bit taller, about six to eight feet tall. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Well, okay. I'm not a baker, so yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like basically so just for just eating, eating fresh and then. So, so yeah, Saskatoons. You could put in there. Uh, the has caps would work really good. You could put a blueberry in there, but you have to acidify the soil if you want to have blueberries. Uh, so that would work as well. Oh, okay. 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 Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day, and good yeah. luck with that little vegetable garden. Well, I, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So just like that, uh, the caller's coming in. So one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Give us a call. Uh, there's no text line today, so just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And um, so, Jill, um, in indoors, when I talked about the mandibula earlier, about trimming it back and everything else, now, one thing that people have to watch for, especially now that daylight hours are starting to get longer, people are asking, when do, because normally in the wintertime they want to fer- they fertilize a lot of times once a month or so, because the plants are a little bit dormant, but they still need food. So when do they increase that? Well, right now we just had daylight savings time, so that means that we're starting to get warm. We don't have daylight savings. We don't have daylight savings. <laughs> just whole, my the, phone. The rest, just my phone. Just your phone and the rest of the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, we're starting to look at our daylight hours increasing. So once we yes. start seeing that, we'll start seeing new growth start being pushed on our plants. And the other thing that we're going to start having to do is because our plants are getting more sunlight, we're having to water them more, which means that the nutrients are being leached out of our soil more. So that's when you have to start increasing your fertilizer. So I would suggest if you're doing it once a month, maybe doing it every two weeks. Um, and there even is fertilizers that you can fertilize um, every time you water. And that now it's time to start doing that. Okay. So so that that also, and also how about watching for insects? We only got about a minute, so give us a little brief one about what we can do for watching for insects. Absolutely. It's important to have a scouting plan in mind. We have tropicals actually arriving into the store today, a whole semi of them, so it's an exciting time. But we are checking our plants daily, and we have a actually a procedure we go through and we scout on a weekly basis. So it's important for you to be doing that. For us to have house plants that have been grown in a in a nursery environment outside in Florida and bring them into our homes indoors and expect them to have no bugs on them and to be pest free is not a reality. So we want to be watching for more of those. We'll touch back on some bugs and what to look for after the break. After the break. So give us a call at one 332 8255 We have no text today. We just want to hear from your voice. Give us a call. And uh, But I'm Rick Van Davenick and Jill Van Davenick. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CCOM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davenick, and with me, Jill Van Davenick, my daughter as well, joining us to answer your questions about everything about your house plants, maybe your seeding some things, or maybe you have plants and growing something out in the garden. Give us a call at one 332 and Shazam, the computer's working. And so now we have, the text line is also open. So same number, one 877 Three three two eight two five five, and there is Jello. And I look here; there is one text here, and so here. Good morning, Garden Show. I have a beautiful African violet that has bugs. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, and now every leaf and flower is falling off. I just have stems and roots. Will this grow again? And thank you from Stacy. 
It will grow again. It's going to take some light. So you might want to put a grow light on it or put it nice and close to a window, a bright window, a west or a, yeah. a um, south location. Now, when it gets warmer later on in the season, you want to pull that away because it's bright, indirect light that they like. Um, so that's one thing. But I also... That's if you're up for the challenge. It's going to take quite a while for that to come back. Now, maybe this has sentimental value and if she it, wants to go just you know, to really try hard. But otherwise? Otherwise, for less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks, <laughs> you can go to your local garden center and pick up a new one and have another beautiful African violet for yep. you and enjoy it right away. But if you're up for the challenge, definitely give it some more light. Um, really watch your watering when it has no leaf growth on it, that you're not overwatering it. And give it a little bit of fertilizer and wait for it to, bl- so to grow again. For what you. type of bugs is she normally worrying about? Most likely, she would have had aphids on there. Aphids, yeah. And then how would she take care? Because they have really fuzzy leaves on them. So how would she take well, care? Well, and that's why she's lost her leaves too, because um, African violets don't like any moisture on their leaves. No they leaves. like to be bottom watered. So um, you do need to use the the end all, or even just wipe them off, um, run them underwater to get rid of them, and then. Um, and then also, I sort of will remove the top little bit of soil to, in case there's any little bugs or okay, eggs. Okay, for after that, you said water from the bottom. What does mm-hmm. that mean, water from the bottom? So, bottom watering means that you take your pot and you set it in a cup or a, a bowl of water, or even in your sink, and yep. let it soak the water up from the bottom so you're not getting the water on the leaves. Or if you are going to water from the top, just lift the leaves up and just pour the water on, on top of the soil, but not over top of the leaves. Yes. And if you want African violence to bloom in the wintertime, you will have to have grow lights, okay? Mm-hmm. They will not bloom otherwise. So anyways, uh, yeah, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Now, before the break, Jill, you can do that with text now and also for phone, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. But before the break, Jill, you were talking about uh, some insects again, uh, to what to scout for, how to scout for them. Uh, no, how how do you scout for for the insects? Well, usually I'll look on my new growth. I'll look in any of the cracks and crevices. So, like if I have a palm tree, it will usually be in the the base of the branches where they start branching, um, and also on your on your buds and any blooms there. That's where you usually will see them. Um, for uh, bugs that you should be looking for is aphids. Again, always usually on your new growth and on your buds is where you'll see them. And they'll be multiple colors. They'll either be a green color or they'll be a black color. It's the ones that we'll see inside the home. Um, the other one is spider mite. And spider mite, your plants might look a little bit dull and dusty, but spider mite are actually found on the underside of the leaves usually. And they don't have webs like normal spiders. It's almost like a fine dusting web on the bottom. It's so, so fine. Um, with those, those can all be combat, both aphids and spider mite with and all. Um, make sure you're spraying um, both the bottom side of the leaves and the top side of the leaves till dripping. And sometimes I'll even haul them into a shower to do that. Um, another type of bug that you'll look for is um, mealybug or, <clears throat> excuse me, scale. And those are in the same family, actually, mealybug and scale. Um, but mealybug is uh, the stage of the bug when it almost looks like a white, sticky cotton on your plant. And this one here is a little bit tricky because it gets down into those little crevices of your plant. And it can even get down into your roots. So end all again, we'll work on that one. Also, another thing that works really good, too, is um, peroxide or um, rubbing alcohol and just sort of mixing that up into a spray bottle and spraying it on or putting it on a Q-tip and rubbing it off that way. Um, but regularly w- wiping your plants down is a good thing to do, too. It keeps the dust off, helps your plants produce photosynthesis better, and uh, it also you can be scudding for your plants, too. Now, scale. Now, that's usually one that you see on the stems or the, the leaves of your plants, and it looks like little scabs. 
And uh, with that one, it's trickier because it's got like a wax coating on the top of that bug. And you actually have to sort of take your fingernail or a little knife and sort of flick it off and then spray on the underside because the bug is under that wax coating. So if you just spray it, it's not going to do anything. But also with scale, they do go into what we call a, a, a crawling stage. Crawling stage. Which means they get fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And then they can be attacked with Endol or whatever very easy. Exactly. But when they're hard, like a paint fleck, yeah. then... You almost yeah. have to flick them off. Yep. And I have done that with some of my fiddly figs and such too. I've kind of gone through and just sort of flicked them all off and then wiped my leaves down too. Okay, we have a call here, Jill. Uh, we're going to get Ken here from Weota. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing today? Doing good, Rick. Thank you. Very good. You have a question? Yeah. Uh, before I ask, I'm going to say that, Jill, you're a... A, a good addition to the show. Enjoy you. <laughs> well, thanks. I enjoy being here. And we're looking forward to your two-hour sessions coming back again. <laughs> yeah, well, it will be fun. Spring is coming. Spring is yeah, coming. That's the fastest hour in radio. It's not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, I was wondering if we can grow plum trees. Uh, I'm at Wawota, yep. Saskatchewan. We're 60 miles north, like it's southeast Saskatchewan, 60 yep. miles north of the U.S. border. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, tell me about if I can grow plums. Yes, you can grow plums. Now, just remember, you have to have two two varieties, okay, to cross-pollinate. And what's best, actually, if you can, if you have a, a few different varieties of plum trees, some of the ones you may want to try that does really well is one's called Pembina plum, and the other one is called Brook Red, okay? Okay. Those two. And also, if you want more plum cherries, there's Opata and Manor if you want a smaller plum cherry. But also, if you can find, they're hard to find, is just a, a native plum, okay? Prunus Americana or Prunus Nagra. And that's mm-hmm. just a native plum. Have it growing in a spot where you don't care about because it it's not going to really produce fruit that much. Just tiny little fruit, but it's going to flower and pollinate. Really, You'll get way more fruit. And some people, if you have a smaller yard, you can just keep it pruned as a small shrub. You just want it to flower, that's all. You don't care about the tr- big tree growing up because you have no room. And but if you have that native plum around, it will pollinate, and you get way more plums. Okay. And how many years would it take before they start producing fruit? Well, it depends what size you buy. At the garden centers, a lot of times they have like a five to six foot one. They will start producing in about two years. Okay. But if you okay. buy and you buy or some of those ordered catalogs and that, where you can buy just a little seedling, you're looking about five to six years. Okay. Okay. So it all depends on the size of plant you start with. Yeah. All right, and then with with care of pruning and so on over the years, yep. uh, same as any other tree? Same as a, if you have an apple tree or anything like that. It's just exactly the same way. Okay, very good. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You bet. You too. So, Jill, um, we have here, we've got about a minute left, so I've got a quick uh, text here. I've added alfalfa pellets on top of the soil by host plants. Afterwards, I worry there might be mold that may attract bugs. Any concerns? Um, we actually add alfalfa pellets to our house plants, and we don't usually have too much problem with mold. If you have a problem with mold, it means that you're watering too much. So really watch that. Um, and you can even mix them around into the soil and also make a tea with uh, your alfalfa pellets and water that into the soil too. So those are some little tips for you there. But usually if you're seeing mold, it's because you need to increase airflow in the area and stir de- up, stir decrease. Up. 
decrease your watering a little bit, stir it up into the soil and you'll be good. Um, some other things that are coming in the city, Gardenscape is coming soon, March 25th to 27th. Yes. So, um, head to gardenscapeshow.ca if you want to check out so much stuff that's happening from, um, the talks about container gardening to pruning to tropicals, even tropicals putting them in your outdoor landscape. There's so much fun stuff as well as taking in all the beautiful sights and smells that Gardenscape has. So come join us there. Well, that puts our show to an end here. Jill, thanks everybody for listening and calling in and texting this last segment. Uh, Join us again next weekend and uh, you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.